welcome to No Page Unturned, the podcast where Christina, Steph, and myself, Josh, go in-depth discussing books, mainly focusing on those written by BIPOC and LGBTQ plus authors. You don't have to read along with us, but be warned, there will be spoilers ahead. For season one, we're talking The Ruined of Kings by Jen Lyons, the first book in her series, A Chorus of Dragons. The three of us love this book for being anti-imperialistic, for its fantastic queer characters, and the unique ways it explores the fantasy genre. So please, come read with us. What's the deal with Griffin Men? That was my general subtitle. What is of the deal with Griffin Men? They're fucking everywhere. I noticed them so much more this time. And anyone. Yeah. Which yeah. is an interesting development that I had forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're doing chapter 71 to 80 this time. Welcome. We're almost through a book that you will doubtless have to read twice anyway, so. Yeah, a lot of this, oh, yeah, like, like you're saying, like the first few chapters, there's not a lot. A lot of it is like, everybody arrives in the capital. Yeah. And then Kieran performs at the ball and what's the guy? Is it Carawan? I think it's Carawan. Yeah. Carawan. Carawan definitely suspects that Kieran is the Hell Warrior. And he's a Griffin man. And it's like there's just fucking Griffin man coming out of the woodwork. And I don't know if it ever matters. <laughs> We're going to find out in book five, I guess. That first chapter, uh, 71, like, has the little things that I, uh, like, first of all, Kieran puts it together that Theron is his dad. And, uh, also I found it strange that, um, I feel like going forward, we don't talk, like, Kieran doesn't talk about his magic abilities that much, but he makes all the talismans. Yeah, he's loaded. That he puts on him. So he knows how to make talismans. And then, you know, there's the drop that, uh, when Sandus talks talks to him and he was like, I'm a good friend of your father's that. He wasn't talking about Sergia. He was talking about Theron. Mm-hmm. And it's just Kieran like putting it all together that uh, Theron is his dad and that basically Doc, Theron, uh, Corrin Milgreese, and, uh, every- Sandus, and, and right? yeah. Sandus all knew that Theron was his dad, which feels like the kind of a dick move that all these people knew. That Theron was his dad, but they still let Darzan go around saying he was Kieran's dad. It's very weird, right? Like, I guess what I feel like though, when paternity is an issue, you just don't talk about it. I don't know. And he was still uh, a demon, so like, what did it really matter? Yeah, I can see why it might screw up internal house politics for the demons, but like. Let the kid know that he's... Well, I guess, actually, it doesn't matter which psychopath he came from, because there's a psychopath at, like, every other generation. So, like, <laughs> you know, oh, sorry, your father yeah. isn't this guy. He's this other guy mm-hmm. whose father yeah. was a terror, also. You're screwed, genetically speaking. Bad genes. Speaking of screwing up House Damon, mm. Kieran also drops the fact that uh, House Damon has gone down, like, two rankings... Among the noble families. Significant, yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Like, what does losing Kieran affect them that much, I wonder? 
I think it's embarrassing. Yeah, it shows that you're vulnerable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one's super thrilled with Galen. Um, mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. God, meeting Galen again is so sad. Oh, sweet so baby, sad. he got so... Sweet baby! Got, got so brittle in his tiny, soft heart. I know, yeah. What did I put? I said, grown-up Galen has logged on. Yeah. He's, He's a like, cynic now. Peak, angst, cynic. Yeah. Oh, because his homie left. I mean, I get it. Yeah. I will say for chapter 71, though, it's nice... It, it So it's really interesting. They'd spend the entire book talking about how problematic Quar is and, like, how terrible it is. And it doesn't try to mitigate that, right? It's not like... But actually, it, it's not making any apologies, but it's still nice that it gets to be... Like, Kieran gets to have the honest, like, I was homesick. I missed these people. I missed Galen. I missed the city itself. I missed, like, the energy. Like, it's his, you know, it's his problematic fave. He knows it's problematic now. Yeah. And I think, like, he wants to make it better because he loves it. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, I would say, like, Tareth, like, doesn't give a fuck about Kerr. And, it, you know, he, he just wants to destroy it for the sake of destroying it because it's bad. But <laughs> Kieran wants to save it. Right. Uh, I love that Kieran is like, why do you hate Core so much to, to Wraith? And he's like, because I've seen it. Like, because I, I have eyes on my head. <laughs> It's a bit like how I feel about New York. It's like, well, I don't want anything bad to have the pe- happen to the people, but I do wish it were raised to the ground. And he even <laughs> deflects with, but you gotta admit it has a really great sewer system. <laughs> Which is funny. It's a really nice um, parallel to the conversation that they were having on the misery, like way back at the beginning, where Terraith was basically like, Kor is awful. Look at all these slaves. You're a part of this system. So it's a nice echo of that where, like, they've come around now, they're friends, mm. and they have this plan to, like, try to help people, save people, hopefully. It's, it's, it shows, I think, a, a, a lot of growth in Kieran in particular. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a very uh, subtle and elegant bookend to the story. It's like you, you start out on a boat not knowing and you end up on a yeah. boat in charge of the boat. Like, you, yes. you're driving, you're the driving force. The boat is knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Kieran is full blown like anti imperialist yet, but he's like this is like him on his way. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like he has a system to replace it with yet. Right. right. Like he's not like He doesn't know he's like a sun god yet. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, Well, I want to tear this down, but I don't have anything better to put in place and I'm not gonna be like Terraith who's like, Yeah, just burn it down and see what happens. So he's working his way through it. I respect that. You know, we often talk about the the story, but just as a like from a writing standpoint, I love that she transitions from uh, Turaith and Kieran taking off their disguises to the next chapter of uh, Kieran and Galen putting on disguises and Kieran looking like a chicken. <laughs> like it's just a good uh like very good like, easter egg of a transition between the two yeah i didn't even notice that you're totally right it's really good yeah it's you know take on the mask put out the mask who's behind the mask very batman yeah totally because yeah because i mean kieran is still a cipher to himself too like he doesn't totally know who 
he is and like at the larger like prophetic scope so mm. he's just putting on all these faces I'm, I'm just i'm just literizing here josh had the real point which was like look at what jen lyons <laughs> did i was like yeah so cool <laughs> yes but yeah i like the masquerade too because we see the voice carowan yeah it's a real like who's who of potential players yeah yeah, Jareth. and uh, uh, Jareth and his dad, who has the best line uh, in this chapter, because he's talking about he doesn't he's talking about how he doesn't think much of prophecies, and he's uh, slightly drunk, and he looks at his wine glass, and I, I sent this to Steph, and I was like, "This is the best line in the book." <laughs> uh, he goes, "My drink was empty, as was foretold." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna start using that in real life. I find it really entertaining. Like, so much of a fuss was made over Kieran performing at this damn ball. And, like, it ha- you know, it happens. It goes off. It's, you know, he does a good job. And then you know, he's dressed like a chicken. And, like, it's just, it's a bit of a non-event in the end. Yeah. I wonder if that has to do with, like, I wonder what mimics think of art. Uh, like, I wonder if that has to do mm-hmm. with the way... Like, maybe if Kieran was telling this part of the story, right. it would be a big okay. deal, because he's, you know, mm. thief slash bard. But to mm. uh, Talon, it's just like, I don't know, what is art? Do mimics have yeah. art? Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, there's a lot of deep shit about mimics. Like, do, yeah, does she have her own opinions on things? Or does she have the amalgamation of opinions within her own things? Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, Serja would probably have an opinion on oh, Kieran's yeah. performance. Ser- Serja's in there, and he was probably disappointed. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not. I mean, he was playing Valathia, so that's gotta that's count true. for something. Aggie, can you imagine just, like, even after your your disappointed dad is dead, he lives on in the soul of a monster and is just disappointed in you forever? Oh, God. I mean, Sergio loves him, at least. At least there's that. At least it's not his other disappointed dad, which is Darzan. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I, so we learned uh, a few fun facts. Like, in this, in a footnote in chapter 73 here, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I was skipping ahead, but I'm going to side skip a little bit. After, like, the ball and stuff, uh, I had forgotten all of this happened, uh, Carowan steals Valathea. Yep. I forgot that as well. That was the one thing I didn't forget, because I was like, I know this harp is really? important. It has a yeah. name. Well, I knew, th- I remember that, I knew, I always had the sense that the harp was important, but I forgot that it got stolen. And then I f- also forgot that this was, like, the scene of Alshanae's official death. Yeah. She gets murdered, and then Galen is a sad boy, uh, who admits he's gay to Kieran, and Kieran's like, that's cool, I definitely just like girls. Oh yeah, Kieran says he, like, he, he kissed a, a boy before and he wasn't mm-hmm. into it. Wasn't the right boy. It wasn't. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the, the Elshanae death was, it was definitely more effective this time around, because I was like, oh, everyone thinks that Darzan did it, but Aunt yeah. Tishar poisoned him. Or her, poisoned her. Wait, did she? I think so. Oh, I might have missed that. Because I think Tishar was waiting for the chance to get revenge for Kieran's sake. Was used, And then everyone assumed that Darzan had done it. Okay, that makes sense. I yeah. didn't know that. 
I, but that was my reading this time. It might also still have been Darzan executing a plan because obviously you can't right. poison a mimic, but no. Talon might have run with it. Cause I think yeah. Tishar was not, not super sad. And she said she was going to take revenge for what Alshanae did to Kieran. Right. Um, oh, I didn't okay. even put that together. Yeah. Wow. I, I think that I might be either. it. Yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. Yeah, like Talon might have literally been like, hey, Tushar uh, has poisoned me. Should I go with it? And Tarzan was probably like, yeah, okay. I don't think it's mentioned in this book, but I can't remember who stole, like, whose plan this was to steal the harp. I know it's, I'm pretty sure it's revealed later and on. So what happens to the harp after? I don't want to say, because I think it's technically okay. spoilers. It is, and I... But yeah, but I forget the progression of events exactly. I just know yeah. where... I didn't... Like, Carawan as a character, I did not remember in the damn slightest. No, me neither. And he actually, like, did things, but he is, like, suspicious as fuck of Kieran. Yeah. Or just knowledgeable. He's like, oh, yeah. I recognize yeah. you. You're a problem. Yeah, and like he, yeah, he actually like understands the prophecies to a certain degree, and like, so I, I, I kind of wonder, like, are the Griffin men like a doomsday cult kind of thing, or like Jen Lines did an AMA, and one of the questions I asked her was, is something along the lines of like, what if Serja and Sandus had done their plan for Kieran? Uh, or like what it it was some I can't remember what, but it basically she basically said they would have carried out their uh secret goals and that would have been a problem. So I wonder if like the Griffin man's ultimate plan was to make Kieran Kieran the Hell Warrior because Serja talked so much too about like all of Kerr is gonna find out what kind of man my son is in six months and like so I wonder if they were like that was their plan as they were bas- they were going to like basically introduce him to the world like this is Kieran he's the hell warrior everybody like yeah or just like like, immediately send him off to meet Valkroth or yeah Yeah, or like or sacrifice him in some way maybe I don't know I can't I can't imagine them like sacrificing him yeah but theoretically they they had a plan yeah, the idea, like, that he is the Hell Warrior, singular, mm-hmm. is now, mm-hmm. it's, now it's yeah, cute. Yeah, like he's the chosen one, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm appreciating that they're already turning that on its head. It's like I was going to say, yeah. yeah, it's a great trope to turn on head, you know. The prophesized warrior. Right, like, this one person is going to fix everything. It's like, yeah. <laughs> one person is a bard. He's going to sing a nice song about it. <laughs> he's right. Like He's going to, yeah. He, He's going to cast Pass Without Trace, and, uh, you know. Yeah. I, I really like that this time I'm reading it, and, like, Carawan is, like, the thief of souls. And I was like, yeah, no, yeah. we already got to that part. He stole that necklace. It's fine. We're good. Like, keep going. <laughs> like, it sounds so momentous, but it was just like, kind of like. Catch up, Carawan. Just like, oh, we are, no. you are behind the game, sir. Checkmark. <laughs> Um, and so, and then in 73, we're kind of, so we're hopping back and forth in time, obviously. And then, yeah, Kieran just, like, shows up at Jareth's house and just starts, like, dropping mad facts on him. Yep. And Jareth, to his credit, because Jareth Milligrease is the best person in Kerr, the goodest boy. Just the most lawful good, at least. Yeah. Yes, lawful good is a a good way to put it, yeah. 
He is he is good, lawful, good boy. So he just kind of rolls with it. And he's like, okay, yep, this is not good. All right, let's, uh, what are we going to do about it? I love that. It's just kind of like, okay, this is a lot to digest. Yeah. Let's make a plan instead of, yeah, yes. I really hate it. I get so tired of the the same tropes of like people freaking out about information that you already know. It's like, yeah, yeah okay. Like, no, you're in fairyland. No, the Empire's in trouble. No, just get over it. <laughs> like, okay, what's next? I, I mean, Jareth has the reaction that I would probably have of just like, okay, I'm going to have a drink real quick, and then we'll move <laughs> on from there. Yeah, that, that part I, yeah. I don't mind. <laughs> Was it like he, he said at first, he's like, I don't have any booze, I'll make tea. And then when Kieran says all that stuff, he's like, I lied, I do have booze. Yeah. We're drinking it. Yeah. I, I think it's in this chapter, my notes suggest it's in this chapter but also um so we know about thurvishar's parentage but there's also the implication that his mother also never crossed the second veil have we met her yet we've never met thurvishar's well i don't know if we have yeah right because thurvishar's mother is a vordreth which is kind of kind of dwarf adjacent i don't know if we'll ever meet her because don't they technically live like underground and don't speak to anyone well, she had. I mean, pre- hopefully, she spoke to his father at least one time. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something that Fingers came crossed. out in Jen Lyons AMA was that the original plan for book four was to hang out with the, the Vordra. Ooh. Ah. So I, maybe we'll see that in book five. Mm-hmm. Maybe we won't at all. But presumably, if she survives, she may have escaped and gone back to them. Yeah. Fingers crossed. It's possible. Yeah. It it is weird, right? And like, yeah. That's that's definitely a, a hanging thread where I was like, what? I wonder if we'll get like a a, a Vordreth book and like, here's the Vordreth hanging out. Well, they're just chilling. You know. Yeah, and then in the footnotes for chapter seventy three, uh, Thurbishar basically says he's like, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure the reason Gadrith kept me around is because he wanted to me be his body, like he was the original intended body for Gadrith, and then I presume that it, he ended up aiming higher. Yeah. Which is so quietly evil. I just was yeah. like, here, let me just raise up my my raise effective clone. It's just like... Yeah. Yeah, because oh. totally. yeah, basically San- Sandus would have been involved in Gadget's original death, quote unquote. So mm. it, it's real fucked up that he would take over the body of his one of his most hated enemies, son. Speaking of Sandus, chapter 75 mm. made me wish that we got more Sandus because I kind of really like him. <laughs> like, I do, too. It's very Again, it's really, very brief, people. but like it just is yeah. like, I want to know this guy. He's yeah. so take charge. He's so like, all right, this is what we... He's very much Jareth. He's just like... Yeah, he's super practical. You can see how he and Jareth's dad are friends, like, mm-hmm. and how they all would have been friends because Sergia... Like, kind of bitter, but, like, kind of effective. Like, they're all very, yeah. like... Y- you can tell that Theron, at least, was the moody one. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. And Sandus saying, uh, you know, when all this is done, you and I are gonna have a long talk to Kieran. And right. I was like, ooh, that's like, you don't you don't say that in stories and <laughs> live to talk. <laughs> and, and, you know. I, I, yeah, I just put a note that said, whoops. Yeah, because, yeah, Kieran, like, especially, it's when he's handing out all the rings, too. Yeah. Like, the, the, yeah, the communication rings, and Kieran is like, um, 
Yeah. We're gonna chat about this. Yeah, and I love it in 75, Kieran finally uh, shows up uh, Darzen. Like, it was like, he, like, drops all this information, and, like, I think there's a little bit of swordplay in this one where Kieran uh, shows off that his skills yeah. and then and a... then Darzan just runs away and I was like, yeah, all this was worth it to make Darzan look like a fool. It was a very good scene. It was. It's a bummer that it's followed up by pretty much nothing good happening at all. Oh yeah, and also in 75, Theron still sucks because he's like, he he's does! Like, Explain yourself, Kieran. Oh, like, <laughs> with all this bluster and I'm just yeah. like, you read the room, guy. Like, Kieran is like pointing out, he's like, alright, this is why you're my father, this is why you're my father, this is why you're my father. She's my mother. She couldn't consent to you, so that fucking sucks for the two of you, because that's rape. Oh, uh, yeah. And he's like, no! That was, that was yeah. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> Both no. of them, yeah. And even Darzan, I think, at that point, like, drops the lie for the most part. And he's like, yeah, alright, yeah. Like, and Theron's still just like, no. Yeah, he's kind of a wet blanket in the worst way. He is, yeah. And in Um, any other book, that would be the mic drop that ends the book, right? Like, mm -hmm. that would be like, I came back, I confronted my brother-father, I... (laughs) totally wrecked my father father and uh and then i rescued my mother and meanwhile it's like oh god (laughs) it's like we still have like a quarter of the book to go yeah well maybe not that much but yeah no a tenth yeah chapter 76 holy shit a lot happens in this chapter uh so i guess ola was alive yeah yeah that that was my bad about so that, uh, me too, I thought she was dead too, but no, so she was alive. And Thervishar killed her. Then she's very quickly not. <laughs> she does a classic Ola and tries to drug Kieran again. I totally forgot that Thervishar killed Ola. How has that yeah. never come up again? And it was <laughs> quick. Narratively speaking, it was a little quick. I had to reread it even though I knew now the whole plot thing i was like oh wait he did like because because he keeps referring to it in footnotes he's like oh i'm really sorry about that yeah his, his, yeah, his footnotes like, are so nonchalant about it he's bad. like i guess I, yeah. I was the one that killed Ola with all this lightning from my fingers like yeah, he uh, just calls lightning down like into the bar yeah and as kieran's passing uh-huh. out he just hears servishar yell treachery and it's like, <laughs> i totally forgot this oh, chapter yeah. I think I think if I lived with well with anybody in Thervishar's life, I would overreact to things too. But like, <laughs> yikes! Yeah, yeah. But before that happens, it sucks how much you know uh, Thervishar felt compelled to do this scheme in order to get uh, the Stone of yeah. Shackles. But yeah. like, ju- like you you know, judging from the footnotes and what we know about. Thervishar is that he doesn't want this to succeed, but yeah. he feels compelled to do this. It's a good deal. I mean, you know, Kieran obviously doesn't know what he has. I think it, he he takes it off his neck at one point, right? He reaches up He's to do it. He doesn't it quite get it yeah. off. And then yeah. and that's okay. when he passes yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, and okay. Ferris is dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah that was yeah. uh all right. Yeah. Also, they dropped that Taja was the one that most likely set up Kieran going to the house to see uh, Gadrith yeah. and Darzan. And I was just like, oh my god. I never, yeah, I totally forgot about that too. I couldn't tell if they were speaking metaphorically though, whether Taja was like, 
whether it was just dumb luck or whether Taja's specific oh, brand of intentional okay. luck. Because they don't know the difference. Only Kieran would be able to ask her. It's like, oh, so did you set that up? Because Taja's been part of this, but also she's like not omnipotent, and we know that. So the way it's said in the audiobook makes me was makes me lean towards that it is literally Taja. Literally Taja. Okay, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just from like tone, but that could also, also be how the uh, actor delivered it. Like, who knows? Right. It's also this book, so it's like could be both. Yeah. Yeah. Could be a third option that we haven't even thought of. I mean, right? Like, <laughs> I, I guarantee we'll be learning things about book one up until the last hundred pages of book five. Last ten. I bet you five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> when Butterbelly steps out of the alley and reveals that he was alive the whole time. Butterbelly, the original but- human man. <laughs> He's gonna repopulate the earth. He was Vag- the, uh, Vagerith the Sarah. whole time. There you go. Yeah. And Vagerith can like regenerate like Wolverine. <laughs> Something that really shows in this chat. So we, yeah, we were talking about how like Thurvishar definitely doesn't want to do this. But he has to. And it, uh, a really good indicator in this chapter of Thurfshire is a good dude. Mm-hmm. Is he orders a drink for Talia? Yeah, and Ola even looks at him because he he asks for four glasses basically, and Ola looks at him like what? Because he's ordering a drink for his slave. Mm-hmm. Like see, he orders a drink for her because she's a damn human. Yeah, and everybody thinks that that's wacky. Um, but like it's because he's a good guy, and it's not even Talia, right? Yeah. It's talent, so it's like good, good guy Thurvishar. Yeah, yeah. Is this officially Talon's like face turn, where she's you know gone from bad to good, like because she so. gets Kieran out of there and she's sad about Ola dying? Is it because she eats Ola's brain and then has those kind of extra love feelings for Kieran? Maybe like compounded on Serge's personality within her. It's possible. They talk about the interplay of the two of them inside her at, at later points. So I think that's, I think that, yeah. I think this yeah, is where like, she says, like, exactly that, where she's like, me and Sergio have been talking, and we decided yeah. that this is what's best for you. And that's when she yeah, gets him out of there. Yeah. Thurvishar has a footnote where he's like, I guess uh, the Griffin men have a mimic as part of them now. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. Probably bad. Probably exactly as ambiguous as it always was. Yeah. I mean, the, the Griffin men are about to get pretty devastated, so I don't even know if they still exist after this book. Yeah, which leads us to 77. Yeah. Right, after, oh boy. right after we get sad Galen, who, like, he's very cynical in this, and he, he sounds a lot like Theron, which made me sad. Like, he's very, like, uh Life is no point, or I forget exactly what he says, but it's not good. It's he's broken. He's broken, Galen. Yeah. Yeah. And he's married to Shelleran at this point, which we don't know the context of that relationship, but we do know that he's gay, so we can't imagine that that's super fun for him. Yeah. And then the big bad of the whole book finally shows up. Boom, boom. Oh. Here comes Gadreth. Way faster and way more effectively yeah. than anybody had planned for, which is surprising because they had a bunch of plans. Yeah. They did, but I guess none of them uh, counted on a lighthouse outside of time. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition lighthouse outside of time. Because <laughs> we've been, like, we've read the other books, Gadger seems like such a small threat 
But in this book, he is absolutely, in the, like this chapter specifically, he is absolutely horrifying. And He's so scary. He gets like, you know, he has that like big villain energy in it. Like the way he starts turning uh, Demons into uh, Solly Stones. R.I.P. Yeah. Uncle Bavrin. Right. And Tishar, Tishar, right? Yeah. Yeah. She gone. I I love this sentence here. It's it just describes like just how awful things are. It says, "My brother's skeleton fell to the ground, and his flesh made a messy mound on the other side of the table." Oh my god! Ugh. So he's he's like to pulling souls out of people, but some people he's just separating them into their parts, Ugh. and it's just gross and dark, and it's fucked up. Yeah, and Darzan shrugs it off and says he'll be the head of his own family now. Yeah, right? I'm like, oh, honey, like, you're you're so getting, but like, Kieran even comments on it or something. He does, He's like, yeah. You do just realize you made, you've used up what made you indispensable. You fucking idiot. Yeah. And then, uh, a character I didn't think would come back was Master Logren, who like, mm. also dies. Uh, R.I.P. Oh, man. And then, uh, shocking everybody, Darzan defending Galen. When uh, yeah. Gadra selects him, but yeah, and okay, just did sad. he even die? I thought he died. He did die. He does okay. die. But is it okay? But isn't Galen in chapter eighty? Like, did I write my notes down? I I remember reading. I was. Very it's, it's not that Gadra kills Galen. Maya kills Galen. Right there we go. Okay, thank you. I'm so confused there. Yeah. Right. No, Galen doesn't die here. It's when okay. when the Stone of Shackles. Right. Spoiler alert! We're gonna talk about it anyway. Uh, <laughs> when the Stone of Shackles, you know, shatters and Maya goes on her rampage, that's when Galen okay. dies. That's a bummer for Galen. Survive, survive, Gadrith, only to get murdered by Maya. And I feel so bad for Thurvishar here because he has to be the one to reveal that Maya is the one that. Uh, would devastate Kieran the most. Yeah, and then what does he say? He says, how do I know the same way I know so many secrets? It's my witch gift, and the reason, Ga- reason Gadrith kept me around so long. That's all that needs to be said on the subject for the moment. Yeah, and the description of Thervishar, yes. like, he's witnessed all these things Gadrith has done, but when uh, there's a part where uh, Thervishar turns away when Gadrith finally gets the Stone of Shackles. It was like, when I read it, it was like, devastating. Mm. And and then Gadrith saying, it's everything I've always wanted. And it's, it's so creepy. And I was oh. like, man, I forgot how much Gadrith was like, such a villain. Like, and a pretty good is, one. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. I, I never, I didn't actually think before about like, what, yeah, you were saying about how you know, in, in another book, the end of the book is the hero returns, saves his mom, tells his dad to fuck off, and all that. And like, and then this is what happens after, where everybody gets murdered horribly. Yeah. Yep. In- yeah. I by a demon. Like one of the things that she sets up is like, Kieran comes back and he gets to have his denouement, like the return of the prodigal son, and. uh and that's really satisfying, but you you kind of know that it can't be the end because mm-hmm. it hasn't dealt with the biggest problem, which is the first problem that like Kieran actually dealt with like 
intimately, which was demons. Like, he saw the two in the house, and, like, they were always going to be a problem, but, like, Zaltarath is the real issue. Yeah. And then at the end of this chapter, too, you know, we see Kieran get taken to the lighthouse. Yeah. And this is the, the moment where we're like, oh, that's what's happening. And I think that's the that's the end of part one, right? And then we start part two. Yeah. And it's funny how this is the end of the the storytelling back and forth. Yeah. And anybody reading would be like, oh, this is how the whole book is going to be. And the fact that it then yeah. changes mm-hmm. is uh, neat. I don't, I don't, I don't know yeah. the way the other way to say it, but it's cool. It really amps up part two, even though part two is so short. It, it gives us this sense of like immediacy and like in the moment, and like it. Re- I find it really ramps up the uh, the pacing of it to know that like this is not a story that's being told in the past. This yeah. is happening right now. Also, the way they set it up in the audiobook. So it's Thervishar, you know, delivering the the narration to the emperor, and so he. They have one actor read the footnotes of Thervishar throughout the storytelling. There's another actor that does Kieran's story and another actor that does Talon's story. From the rest of the audiobook on, it's just Thervishar telling the rest what happens because the storytelling is over. So therefore, those narrators are no longer part of it. So it's just a neat transition to... So much thought went into those audiobooks because you could have just told it like straight up normal yeah. yeah the idea of like having different actors and stuff like yeah I, I wonder if that was something that she pushed for or somebody else's idea or what because yeah i mean it i'm sure it makes the whole experience way richer yeah and it really also helpful. makes it easier to digest because it's not uh like one actor doing a different voice for thurvishar when he comes in the footnotes yeah. it's literally another voice yeah that's helpful in terms of not creating narrative confusion because these narratives really are intricate and i i know we've said it before i know we'll say it again but just like the willingness to pick up and discard means of storytelling that are serving the story and then aren't like she could she could keep going with the uh talon kieran narration right like she could narrate it in the first per like in the present and that would be okay but like having thervishar do it creates even more tension and even more interest because the storytelling's done like you said so i don't know it just it reminds me of christopher nolan like the memento style um except that he's so irritatingly dedicated to the concept over the story itself and jen lyons is like clearly dedicated to the story it's like okay this isn't serving us anymore we're gonna switch it up i love the beginning of part two where Thervishar gives this little aside about uh, his guilt about all this. He talks about death and how what his opinion of it is and how death is... Uh, he goes, um, death is a cheat, that the land of peace is anything but. Death offers no solace, or worse, death might truly be, as the priests commend it, a place of justice where we get what we deserve. And truly, few among us are willing to stare at the bright mirror and see our reflections. For all of us harbor that secret guilt we shall be found wanting, shall be judged undeserving. Death is that last and most final of exams, and the majority of us, I suspect, would wish for a few years more preparation. Big mood. 
And he has like this line of like, not yet, dear goddess, not yet. And this is what he's thinking, uh, you know, when uh, Gadrith uh, killed all these people and uh, Kieran chose to offer his life to save his family from, you know, death and oblivion. Yeah, it's an effective line and it's an effective character study, too, that Kieran is, for all his flaws, incredibly self-sacrificing. And that can be irritating or a fault in other books, but I think here it's really effective to demonstrate, like, the extent to which the horror hasn't hasn't ground down his spirit. Like, mm-hmm. he's really angry, he's really traumatized, but he's still willing to sacrifice himself for his mother, who, you know, she we find out later is she's a complicated person, right? But, like, she's a person who also is traumatized, who also is a slave, who also, like, had as few choices as Kieran has ever had. And, like, to see him put himself so empathetically in someone else's shoes when something is being done to him is really great. I don't know. It's it these moments like in the later book, like they don't they don't need the humor that pervades the rest of the book because they're they are. They're powerful. Like they're smart and thoughtful and awful <laughs> but like yeah. really good. So yeah. I have to imagine too that uh there's a certain something in, in Kieran's mind that, like, this is something I didn't even think of until just now. He's just learned that anybody who's gay doesn't go to the line of peace. Yeah. And can't be reborn. So he knows if she gets killed here, she's never coming back. And he knows that about himself. And he's willing to, to put himself there instead of her, which is really... I mean, there really isn't another word. It's very noble. It's very good. And, yeah, for all his flaws, Kieran's a good boy. Yeah. This is what makes him uh, the chosen one, you know, like right. being a good person, not not some fucking prophecy. Like this is like what makes him a hero. Right. That he volunteers. Oh, and the next chapter um, is when she like ties all her knots. I, I don't know the expression, but she uh, Talon gives the the narration stone to Thervishar in this Ooh, moment, yeah. setting mm-hmm. up Thervishar writing the book and giving it to the emperor. Yeah, uh, like how loose ends are just. Uh... She also gives Kieran's geish to him, which I thought was interesting. But I was assuming it's because she is guessing that he will have the time to listen to what's on the rock mm-hmm. and understand what that means. Maybe I don't know. I think so. Yeah, because that's yeah. the geish means. It, it's in the footnote that I'm staring at that, like, Gadrith uh, badly miscalculated because he sacrificed someone who mm. should never have been sacrificed. He is right. a living loophole to the demons. So if Thurvishar realizes that, and Thurvishar is the smartest person in, out of any of them, <laughs> like, so... If I had if I had to impart any information to anyone, I would definitely give it to Thervishar. I guess I'll put it that yeah. way. Yep, good call. Maybe uh, Tienso slash Raveri. Yeah, true. Darzan fucking sacrifices Kieran to Zaltaroth, and that's a hill march. Uh, and then we get an extremely dope uh, Tarith versus Talon fight. 
and there's mimic shit, and there's illusions, and it's super dynamic. It's a great fight scene. It really is. Yeah. It's awesome. And yeah, the they he like pins her to the ground with a big silver spike, and that de- uh, immobilizes her. I love it. I really wish we'd had more on the spikes. Like, not for any reason. Just because yeah. I think they're cool. <laughs> they're very buffy. It kind of comes out of a, a little out of left field, but at the same time, like, it's it was something where I, the whole time I was like, have they figured out how to deal with Talon? Like, they've kind of referenced maybe having some ideas, and like, even in the fight, I'm just like, what's he gonna do? What's he gonna do? And then he, he does it. So it's, it's yeah, it creates um, some nice tension there. Yeah. You're right, though, it is a bit of a deus ex machina thing. It's just kind it, of like... It comes out of left field, yeah. and we basically never see those used again. But also, like, there's only one mimic, so... Well, that we know of. True. That is very true. And one is terrifying enough. She was, like, growing tentacles and things. Like, it wasn't just that she was, like, swapping between human bodies. Yeah. She was, like, using every inch of, like, creative flesh melding. Uh, It was dope. Yeah. And I don't mind the nails being a little bit out of left field because they're not actually that effective right no, like, like you need gone. you need yeah. a super assassin to yeah. to actually effectively use one mm. and you need and they, it doesn't even kill her using a cornerstone yeah so even if it's like MacGuffin times 12 it's still not MacGuffin it's, enough yeah. yeah it's I'm fine with it it was fun I think this Dervish, uh, this chapter has Dervishar have a footnote about or someone remarks about there being maybe a connection between Mimics and the daughters of Laka and Oh right. Yeah. And because of the because tentacles. She, she has tentacles. Yeah, yeah, but she has tentacles with uh with hooks the, the instead teeth. of yeah. suction cups, which is what makes mm-hmm. Sarah Bashar have that footnote. And I'm like, I wanna know more about that. Right. I wanna know more about Mimics, but also Yeah. I mean, Talon presumably also knows about the daughters of Laka, so she was. She also could have just been like, "Huh, that's a cool detail. We'll try." I like it. I'm taking that. Yeah, if I could do it, I would probably make myself some tentacles, just for, for like you know, getting things off high shelves. Yeah, yeah. I do like the part where Tyenso in the bar. She uses glasses to like see. Um... Mm, yeah. That was such a cool detail, and she's so smug about it, and I love that. Yeah, it's great. She's just like, I'm just doing magic in public as a woman. Fuck all of you. (laughs) Yeah, I think she's detecting uh, demonic incursions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like temperature changes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a cool detail. Super smart, yeah. And I think she has a remark about how she's only, she's like the only one, she came up with this system. Mm. Cancel rules. She's the best. Best people in Kerr, you got uh, Jareth Milgreest at the top, then Galen, then Tienso. And considering the amount of people she's murdered, like, yeah, she delivers. Yeah. I definitely, if we're going to get a story about the previous generation, I really want it to be her story before anybody else's. But I, I mean, I also want the story of, like, Sandus and Korn and everybody, but, like... Tenso, was, man. I mean, it was all the same kind of event, so hopefully if it's if it's the affair of the voices, like we're hoping, she would be involved, so. Yeah. I just, she's, she's just, like, really single-mindedly wanted to murder, like, one person, which on the scale that these books are set, that is so minor. 
it's it doesn't even register it's just like i want to kill this guy he offended me it's like Mm. okay and (laughs) it's like no there's no and that's it hard stop no full period full murder Mm mm-hmm Based on my notes from when uh, I read these, I think I'm just so tired of Theron's shit at this point. Like, the hard time Mm. that he gives Galen and Tyenso. And I get he's upset, but I think at this point, I'm just like, I've had enough of Theron. He's just kind of a pain in the ass to me at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's just a big pile of wet paper towels. He really is. It's just, you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum of Tyenso... Just wanting to kill one dude. All Theron had to do was kill one dude. I get that it was I his see. son, but like, you put you put down mad Discipline dogs. his son. Right, yeah. You know? I'd be fine if he killed him though. Great. Or like, keep an eye on, he had no idea what his son was up to. And that's no, embarrassing. Yeah, because he, he, he didn't care. Right, so. Yeah. Damn it, Theron. Oh, yeah. and when they, when they go down and they find uh, Kieran's body... It's just, uh, like, them describing all of the reactions, all the people. It's heartbreaking. And yeah. Maya looking at Theron and saying, this is your fault. That yeah. that rocked me when I read that. I was like, oh my god. She's right, though. Yeah. No lies detected. Mm. And then the reveal, they have the reveal of, um, Zaltaroth would have known that Kieran is gaged. Yeah. Because Kieran... But- she She's the one anyway. who took the gauge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, as readers, we're left asking, why did Zaltaroth do this? And we're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. It's a great setup for the rest of the book. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that this set of chapters ended here, actually, because the next chapter and sort of the, you know, kind of after that gets real complicated and metaphorical. So I'm excited to tackle those kind of as a single unit. Because uh, of the the ne- what happens to Kira next is uh, the most confusing part of I think any of the books for me. Yeah, I remember that being very very comprehensible only in retrospect. Yeah. Um. So I think next time we'll provide maybe some light spoilers in the in the service of context because yeah. if there's any flaw in this book, like it's. There's so much information, there are so many things to remember, and then if something bad happens to a character, it's only from their perspective. And so, like, I get the, I get the narrative constraints, but, like, the overall uh, comprehension, comp- yeah, comprehension kind of suffers a little bit, so. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I, did, I didn't realize when, it, when uh, someone is sacrificed to a demon that, uh, a demon has control over... Like, I knew they didn't go to the land of peace, but they imply here that when a demon gets someone's soul from sacrifice, they control it. Because they remark about how uh, Zaltaroth can't control Kieran's soul because they didn't get all of it. It's only, like, a piece of it. Zaltaroth, huh? need more. Which, you know, fortunately for everybody... Yeah, I'd like to see the through line. I or I know we have the through line. I need to think about it more of like, okay, who knew what when to set oh this God, up intentionally? Right? Because it does make sense 
And it is a complete narrative. It's just like, whose plan exactly was this? It's mostly Talon's, kinda. Because she's the one who... It really is. She's the one who puts him on the boat to begin with and gets engaged. And it's just kind of like, was that an insurance policy? Could she see all this coming? She was the one who knew um, Darzan most intimately. Um, uh, so And Gadrith, so... Yeah. We'll see. That's true. And I think about the fact that like the Geishing was kind of separate... And it wasn't necessarily, like, a guaranteed result. Right. But it was unbelievably essential, as it turns out. But was it a backup plan, or was it the plan all along? I guess is the question. Because, like, if Kieran and his group had pulled off their plan, I think it would have been okay. I think. Yeah. I think so, yeah. It was a good plan. It was a good plan. I guess I'm just... The difference between his plan... We don't know all the specific details, and then we don't know all the details of whoever's plan this was, whether it's Talons or the gods or whatever, and if they intended for some of the other consequences. So, like, yeah. for what happens to Tienso, for example, which is kind of key, yeah. that wouldn't have happened. You, you can't count out the meddling of the gods yeah. in these books. So, yeah, so I'm just... Still trying to think about what was luck and what was intentional and whose intention it was. But yeah, I don't I don't have a lot more for these chapters. They're really great, but they're also like surprisingly straightforward. It's like, okay, there's a lot of setup. It's because everything's actually happening now. Right, yeah. Like all of all of the dominoes that have been setting up all book are now coming down. Yeah. And uh yeah. What do you think Tyanso means when they bring Kieran to uh, the temple of Thane. Uh, the priest says it would take a miracle to bring him back. And Tyenso says, aren't you in luck? Is she implying Taja or Thane or like what? I don't it's, remember. I think Thane. Uh, yeah. Hmm. She's like, I got a line. I know a guy. Yeah. Is this because she's basically a, you know, Disciple of Thane now? I think so. I think so. And Tarot's with them, too. And I think she might also mean that it's a miracle that he was geished. Mm. True, yeah. Um, yeah, Because she would yeah, know. Like the, mm. Yeah, the idea that, like, no, he's he's actually not all gone, as it turns out. Yeah. I don't know. I think we might, maybe we'll find out in the next chapters. Mm. I feel like the next chapters are the ones that I... Uh, forget the most. Well, the next, I think the next episode will be the last one for this book, right? Yep. It's like, is it 90? 90 chapters or 91 or something? It's 90, I think, and then like maybe a little coda at the end, so. Okay. Yep. Nine episodes for this, and then we move on to book two, which is even hornier, if you can believe it. (laughs) Oh man, I'm excited for you to get to a certain scene in book four. I... We'll probably scream at you about it. I have to fin- Oh, this is a great, good segue. So what's everyone reading? Uh, I am finishing up the Black Tongue Thief by John Gellerman, which I said last time I had just started. It has gone from, uh, before I received the book, me worried about the uh, in-fiction uh, fantasy curses to this probably being one of my favorite books of the year. 
Uh, it's great. Uh, it's the, the plot is basically straightforward, but the author does the character's voice. It's written in first person. It's such a uh, well-written character that, oh my god, it's so good. It's so witty. <laughs> it makes me laugh. It makes, it's like, as a like a like a tinge bit of romance. It's got wit. It's got witches and goblins and and crazy war corvids that are like the size of, <laughs> that are like the size of small dogs or not what? even like big dogs, and they like are very murderous and it's cool. It's That's so just adorable. A, it's just a, it's not like it's not it's not like a course of dragons where it's over complicated, but it's just cool. And like the goblins in it, they instead of ha- they only have four fingers. Uh, no, it's not that they have four fingers. They their left hands, their left arms are longer than their right arms because their right arms uh, only have four fingers because one of them is a hook, and that's how they like grab people and oh. to like capture them and then eat them. That's cool. Wow. And then I'm also reading uh, the Trouble of Peace which is Joe Abercrombie's second book in the Age of Madness, uh, which is like his uh, second trilogy in his in his world because the third book is coming out in September and I wanted to like refresh my memory of what'll happen next. Nice. I definitely just wrote down The Black Tongue Thief. Put it on oh, my, it's so good. Uh, Popping up my list rankings. I love all the characters in it. I am. I wanted something just like nice and easy, so I am rereading Brandon Sanderson's Reckoners trilogy. Oh, yeah. It's it's nice. It's light. It's fun. His inward cursing, <laughs> and uh, I, so I'm on book two right now, uh, which is called Firefight, and it's just, yeah, it's just nice and chill, and yeah, it's, it's good. It's Always a good food. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I am reading um, a book that I need to finish and review so far behind before I can do anything else. Um, it's excellent. It's called Star Eater. Um, oh, I just got that in the mail. I was about to hold nice. it up to talk about it. <laughs> I heard it's really good. It's really good. It's I great it's really world weird. building. It's super. So I would put this maybe on par with Gideon the Ninth in terms of like gothic, weird sci-fi, but also magic, but also like just fucked up necromantic, like so the even the author calls it her cannibal nun book, and it the nuns <laughs> the nuns eat people, and it's just like they and they have to, um, well they can't have sex with men, so there are a lot of, a lot of uh, homosexual relationships, um, which is great, and then everything is complicated. Everything is like a lot of politics, a lot of. I feel Death. like I know a lot of women who would be perfectly fine being gay cannibal nuns together. <laughs> oh yeah, cannibalism gives you magic. Yeah. It's just kind of like, well, there that's fine. Go. We're good. Yeah, so it, really excellent. I shelved it next to, um, well, I shelved my other copy next to uh, Gideon. Uh, I think it's really nice that we're getting a lot more dark fiction lately, which, I don't know. After So like during the pandemic, I couldn't read a lot of like dark stuff. It was too Why? heavy. That's God, so I don't know. It's almost oh, like everything yeah. was wrong. But now that we're coming out of it, I'm like, it's really cathartic to read stuff that's like a little horrible. It's like the the Chorus of Dragons books are also really good for that. It's like 
yeah, the world is fucked up. We need to talk about it now that I yeah. can articulate things. So <laughs> Now that I had the bandwidth for it. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. That's part of why I'm rereading uh, Trouble with Peace, because it's very dark and it has a uh, citizen uprising and it came out around the time. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> yep. I was like, ooh. And it's like, I feel like a lot of the books I read during the pandemic, I enjoyed, but my brain has kind of like blocked them out from stress. So I have to like refresh myself reading them. Yeah. But yeah. I've been I've been hearing about Star Eater for months that it was like this book coming out and you gotta read it and it's weird and hor- hor- horrific in a good way and I was like, Alright. Yeah, I'll so put that on my list too. Yeah, I'm always down for necromancy. I feel like <laughs> when I was a wee young thing and I read Sabriel and then I immediately wanted Aww. 400 million things like Sabriel and no one else did them. I'm like finally getting some more of what I want. Because it's not like morbid. It's just like, yeah, let's let's grapple with the fact that, you know, you know, for example, 600,000 people died in America this this past COVID. Anyway, not to end it on a bummer note, but like now we can now we can kind of talk more. So that'll be good. Josh, where can people find you? You can find me at Four of Five Wits on Twitter and my reviews in the reading section of geeklyinc.com. Steph. You can find me on Twitter at Steph O. Kingston and doing a bunch of other podcast shit that if you've listened, listened this far, you'll know. <laughs> and you can find me at Oletti Girl on Twitter, also in the reading section. And you can find all of us through the Geekly Inc. portals. Uh, check us out. It's a great network and a great group of people. Thank you for listening to No Page Unturned, part of the Geekly Inc. podcast family. If you like the show, please show us some love with a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Page Podcast. The show is edited by me, Steph Kingston. Our amazing theme music is by Bad Sparrow, and you can check them out at Bad Sparrow Music. And our cover art is by Chango Chimango, who you can check out on Instagram and Twitter at Chango Chimango.